Oh, Alex Simmons, are you here in the Christmas season? It's time to tell the jam story. Alex Simmons, Chris Ryan, ready to go. I have milk and cookies for you, oh great bringer of presents and strange ah, stories. Well, it's not time for him yet, but it may be time for a lot of us to go shopping. So we decided we needed some help today. Ah, so yeah. We got a special guest star to help talk about what might be, uh, you know, under the tree for uh, good people who like to tell the damn story or hear the damn story, <laughs> maybe even read the damn story. Yes. So we we have with us today, uh, just after that great lead-in, we have with us today um, actually a friend as well as uh, a supporter of the Kids Comic Con, which is a, an initiative that you know I've been a part of and Chris has been a part of for a number of years. So, but anyway, Mr. George Rodriguez, say say hey, George. Hello, guys. How you guys doing? How's everybody doing out there? Good, good. Now, George, you run a business, correct? Yes, I run the uh, comic shop The Lair out in the Bronx, Morris Park area. Ah, uh, the Bronx, Morris Park's my own stopping ground. So yeah, I'm feeling good. Yeah. yeah. Chris is an old Bronx boy. That's right. He grew up in the Bronx. I grew uh -huh. up in Morris Park, but my my early marital days were right there along Morris Park. So yeah, very cool. Uh, so tell us a little bit about The Lair. Uh, the Lair. Well, we're a small little shop. We've been around for almost 20 years now, and uh, you know we're we're more like a a specialty shop. We we don't carry a lot of the big name toys that you can find at Target or Walmart. We want to specialize in in the figures and items that you can get at those big box retailers. So, so, so what is the popular uh, uh, figures that we can think of? Um, popular figures now. I mean, you got Hot Toys. Mm -hmm. As a really popular, you know, Star Wars figures. I mean, they make Hot Toys with everything. Hot Toys makes uh, everything from Star Wars to individual movies like John Wick, um, cartoon movie figures. They make it all. Um, yeah, they do. They do some Marvel and DC stuff as well. Oh, they do everything. Marvel, yeah, they have DC line, uh, Justice League, all the movie uh, stuff, TV show stuff. Really, really great items. Very detailed. Wow. That's beautiful. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I've been impressed with the uh, likeness. I don't think Chris uh, can hear me. <laughs> I can hear you fine. Oh, okay. What did you say, Chris? I was, I've been impressed with the quality of Hot Toys. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. And yeah. do you, uh, do you uh, sell comics and graphic novels and whatnot? We, we can I mean, we're like a little pop culture utopia. Ah, I mean, that's we sell toys, we sell uh, apparel, novelty items. Um, I also do custom uh, shirts, custom mugs that are uh, movie or, or or superhero pop culture themed, you know. Oh, wow, very cool. So, I mean, we carry trade paperbacks, individual comics. Um, you name it, we got it. Is so, it mostly mainstream? Is it mostly mainstream or is it also independent? I, I carry, actually, I have a very uh, decent independent section. You know, I, I've noticed over the years that... Uh, Customers, they support and they love the big names, the, the, the two giants, right? But some customers have gotten pretty, uh, I would say, I'm not, you know, maybe bored of the content. Mm -hmm. and they're picking up a lot more of the independent stuff. They're picking up more concourse, more of the image, um, more of the uh, Boom series, mm. you know, 
and a lot of studios Aspen and that guy you know even and even even new new artists that are self-publishing we have a small section with self-publishing comic artists and writers and we have a little section on that that we support and I give those guys a little section in my store and uh-huh. they just we, we'll do signing we do uh some days where they could just come in try and promote their book we'll post it on Instagram all the social media outlets and you know they they my my my, my customers that have been with me for a long time uh they support everybody you know they support those the cool. guys they're pretty good um, please, Alex, go ahead. Me? Me first? Yeah. Okay. So I, I think one of, one of the things I would agree with you on that is that, you know, when I was growing up, you could buy 25 comics for five bucks, right? So you yes. get a whole line and all that sort of stuff. Can't do that now. Much more expensive, of course. Yeah. But if you go in to try and, you know, see what the latest is on one of your old favorites, the big ones have multiple titles and which one do you follow? Yes, yes. Does that, does that cause problems for your readership? It does, for your... it it's like you're, you're giving now too many options for the reader, you know? Mm. And, and it's like, okay, so I like, customers like Spider-Man, right. but they're already, they're already subscribing to Amazing Spider-Man, right. Spider-Man. Mike Mor- then now you got Mike Morales Spider-Man. Now you got Spider-Verse. You got new Spider-Man. Then you got uh, Spider Gwen, Spider Woman, mm-hmm. and and then sometimes they do story arcs that involve all these other issues. The customers sometimes get frustrated because they know what it is. They feel that they're being bamboozled. It's a buying extra titles to stay with the story. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, it can business sometimes, but you know, there's then there's guys that buy one of every comic every single week, and they're they're lunatics. <laughs> and you love the lunatics, right? Those are yeah. your favorite. Those are your favorite customers. Bring me right. another lunatic. <laughs> Lay down that money. Yes. Now, yeah. which which do you find um, sell more these days? Uh, single comics, the floppies, or graphic novels? Single comics, definitely. You know, there, there's a fan base for both, but single comics do sell more. What do you uh, think that is? Uh, single comics, price price point. You know, so. You know, even though comics have gone up significantly throughout the years, you know, from the ten cents to now five ninety nine for one. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, five ninety nine is slightly better than buying a twenty nine ninety nine hardcover. You know, yeah. but also yeah. it's kind of a, it's like a Jedi mind trick, right? Because if you just wait till the series is over. You kind of could save some money by just buying the graphic novel, either trade paperback or the hardcover, because yeah. you almost have a little deal, you know. So like a series has uh, four ninety nine for a six part series, that's thirty bucks. The hardcover may come out and it costs twenty four ninety nine. Right. So you still save some money. Right. You just yeah. have to wait for the series to be over. So it's and I have customers that they don't get into buying the series as they come out weekly. They'll just wait for the series to end and then they'll just order the trade paperback or the hardcover. All right. Uh, what what do people prefer, the hardcover or the tra- trade paperback? Most people, only collectors will go for the hardcover. Yeah, yeah. Most I, I like the softcover myself. The character yeah. and and save a little money, hit wait and get the trade paperback, the softcover. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you don't mind, what's the age range of your uh, customer base? Um, my age range currently probably is about. 25 to 60. 
Wow. That's great. We got a lot of questions coming at you, I know. <laughs> you got 30, 40 of them bringing their kids and their other family members, and they range. We have a good kid presence in the neighborhood, in my neighborhood, so we have kids as young as eight years old, as uh, from eight to like 16 that come in and, and, and want to get the comic books. And, and, and we actually encourage, we, we do a really big uh, event for Sweet Comic Book Day, Halloween Comic Fest. Um, I, I'm, I work closely with my school library and the schools around me. And we do some events where I give out some free books to encourage, uh, you know, reading. You know, at the end of the sure. day, at the end of the day, comic books, I mean, they helped me when I was a kid. It helped my son. My son was having issues uh, reading where they say he wasn't reaching level. And from in a couple months, the teacher asked, oh, my God, he went up all these levels. He's actually one of the higher level readers now. What did you do? I like I, I put them in front of some Batmans and Superman. Yeah, yeah. Man, and, uh, years ago, Alex and I put together. That's you know, the, he was motivated to read because he wanted to know what was going on. He was pulled into it. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. And uh, pedagogically, uh, Alex and I we put together uh, a course that Alex taught in New York for a long time. Um, based on an article from Education America. And what, what it, the, um, the thesis was that a lot of readers who are having a problem reading, it's, it's not the words so much as being able to see the picture. And yes. comic books kind of give you the training wheel on that, and you get Absolutely. used to it, and then you kind of transfer over to uh, you know, maybe spot illustration and then straight prose, and, and you would now have it in your head. So uh, I, I'm a big advocate. If uh, they're struggling, give them a bunch of comics. The pictures help the kids engage in the in, in what they're reading, what they're looking at. Definitely. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We also found out, I mean, I, I, I talked to Chris about this, uh, and of course you already know this, George. Uh, George and the lair, because his, his, his team is outrageous. <laughs> when you turn these folks loose at an event, they're, they're crazy guys. But George you know, has been a part of the Kids Comic Con uh, event that we do here in the Bronx. Uh, we actually, 2020, will be doing our 14th year. But several years, you know, George and the guys will set up their comics, they'll set up their tables and everything, uh, and their, their, the, some of the merchandising. And you'll see the kids gravitate to this exhibit of all of these, like, eye candy items. But what I love most is when you watch them pick up a comic and they're turning the pages, looking at the pictures, trying to sort of uh, figure out what's going on, and then they'll turn to an older sibling or a parent or an adult that's with them, and they'll point and they'll want them to tell them these things. And it's a great feeling because you see them start to make connections. You know, Absolutely. they want to know the story, they want to know about the characters, and they'll see a shirt that has this character on it. And then so they're starting to really get into connecting the dots. Yeah. And it's, I think, motivation, you know, the desire to decode something. Immediately, yeah, yeah. you know, immediately they well, how do I do this? Oh, I can look at the pictures and then look, read the words. Somebody will help me with the words. Now reading becomes a fun thing. Yes, it's yes. Not anymore. I love it when uh, uh, a parent comes in with their child and the child doesn't know what he wants. Usually they come in, oh, you have Batman, Spider-Man, Superman. And they're like, oh, I want to I wanna read some comics, but I don't know what I want to read. So instead of asking him, who's his favorite superhero, because maybe he doesn't even have a favorite superhero. Right. Ask him about himself. Ask him, how is he in school? 
I asked the mom or, or dad what kind of personality they have. And I'll try and recommend a book that is according to his personality, to his. Ah, uh, that's really cool. Because when you think about it, every hero, everybody has that, that, that is a hero in comics has a specific personality. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you, you're going to be able to. So, so the kid that maybe uh, that he's really, really smart. And he feels he's like a, a a nerd. You know what? Peter Parker might be that yeah. character. Yeah. You know, he, um, he's a wise ass who's terrible with women. Well, here's Hawkeye. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. A kid that might get in trouble a lot. Well, you know what? He's the Hulk. You know. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah good. There you he go. Breaks things. You know, he's always breaking things. Ah, yeah, I got that right. Yeah, yeah got you. Let me let me ask you um, just a little history here. Why on earth did you start a comic book store? What what twenty some years ago, you know, pushed you in that direction? Because I know you're multifaceted. I already know that about you. But why comics? I I guess I missed. You know, I mean, I I grew up in the heyday, right, of comic shops. I mean, to name a few, you know, Jimmy's Comics on Castle Hill, Mm -hmm. uh, Wow Comics, uh, Captain Comics, um, Jack of All Games, like. I just grew up in a, in a, where there was a plethora of all these comic shops. And wow. let's be honest, the, the, the comic shop pretty much uh, went almost extinct. Yeah. I mean, you know, in, in the early 90s, it was like, they were dropping like flies. It was like, no way. The there was a, uh, there was one on Pelham Parkway Wild by Com- the old Globe Theater. By, by the theater, Wild Comics. Yeah. When, Death of, uh, when Death and the Family so- came back. That's uh, yeah. uh, with the Batman one. Death and Batman. Oh, That's Batman. what got me back in. Yeah, but I'll tell you a quick story about Jimmy's oh, on oh, Castle oh, Hill. Hang, hang on a second, Chris. He was right in the middle of his story. Hold, hold on a second. Oh, Finish. Oh, so, 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 bottom line, I mean, it, when I, I when I my first business was video games and like uh, toys and stuff, and I said to myself, you know what? There's only one comic shop in the Bronx, Fordham Comics, right? And he's been there for almost 40 years. I mean, that guy's proven to test of time. I mean, he's, he's made it through recessions. I mean, the guy, he's a smart individual. He, 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 he's made it work to today. I said, you know what? He's on that side of town. Let me, let me let's see what I can do on this side of town. You know, I, I love comic books. It's something that I love. Like I like to see when I opened up my physical video games, I realized I loved playing them, but I didn't care how the video game was made or what went into it. You know, and I know a lot of work. I'm not discrediting all the work that goes into a video game, but I was really always into the writing, you know, and the drawing. And, and I say, you know, I, I want to try comics. You know, I love comics. I know I could pick up wherever is up to now. And I called Diamond and uh, I opened up an account and I just started a little section, little section, little section. And it just it blew up. I mean, here we are 20 years later. And, People still, they're, they're, it's like, I felt like, I felt like I revived, I was part of re- reviving the comic business, you know, because as much as it was extinct about 15, 20 years ago, yeah, there's been a, there's been a rebirth of comic shops in the last five years or so, you know, stores are trying to uh, bring the comic shop back and not just comics, they're trying to add other things to it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in the last five years, I know of at least 
two new stores that have opened up and, you know, and sure they're competitors with me, but, you know, it's just good for the business that, that you see, you know, shops opening up again. And I mean, I mean, I'll be honest, I think TV shows and movies have been a big plus for our business. I think they research the business uh, tremendously, but I just, I've always, I missed it to answer in short. I missed the comic shop, so I wanted to see how far I could take it, you know? <laughs> Chris, you mentioned the comic shop? Nah, it, it, well, let's go with the flow about the uh, movies. Uh, okay. You said it was a big impact. Uh, tell us how. Expand on that if you can. Well, let's, let's, let's be honest, right? Um, those, that were, those of us into comic books and into this uh, culture, we were kind of like, you were the, the nerd, the geek, right? And it was like... Uh, you were frowned upon if you were this nerd geek, right? You were you were not cool. And let me tell you, there was a show called Big Bang Theory. Are you guys familiar with yeah, that show? Sure. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Right now, I, in my opinion, that show wholeheartedly is what I think resurged this culture again. Movies being blockbusters helped. But if I were to pinpoint a new modern day resurgence in the comic book, nerd geek culture, Big Bang Theory made it cool. It is now today, you're the cool guy if you know about comics and superheroes and movies. You are not, you are not Revenge of the Nerds character anymore. You're not the uh, guy who's picked on yeah. you're not. Let's be honest, you're not, you're not that anymore. Now, now you're, you're, whether you got tough guy friends or you know whatever, you got the pretty girls, they all admire now your knowledge of comic books and superheroes and all things pop culture, you know? So, so movies being the blockbuster, you know, uh, Marvel with the success they've had, I mean, come on. You all, you, you, you have fans that are not comic book readers, but are movie goers and, and TV show watchers. So they get, get in, they get, they sit down and get into this, this uh, viewing and now they want to know about Superman and Batman and, and Aquaman. I mean, Aquaman is a perfect example. Aquaman has had a stigmata for him for years of not being uh, the most, uh, what's the word I can say to be safe here? You know, not the most uh, popular <laughs> Okay. Right? Let's use popular. And now the actor Jason Momoa, the new movie, he is like badass. The guy just turned that personification of Aquaman now from what he was to now being a guy who will knock the teeth out of Superman if he had to, you know? And now that's cool. Now there's guys, there's people that were fans of Aquaman but would stay on the low and not say anything. Now everybody's like up front, oh, Aquaman's my man. Oh, he's my favorite character. <laughs> so, so shows and movies have helped change the persona of the geek culture, you know, like, it's just, it's cool now to, to be into this. Now. It's, just, it's so cool. Have you experienced any particular movie that drove sales or drove people to your stores? Honestly, all of them. Every all, single, every, every time single, one comes out, every single movie, a movie comes out, people want to come to the shop, pick up shirts, pick up hats after the movie, depending on, depending on the movie, they want to come bring their kids to pick up comic books. My kid wants to get into the car. I took my kid to watch Shazam. Shazam is a perfect example that, you know, Shazam, right, wasn't this mainstream character. Now the movie came out, 
every kid wants to buy a Shazam comic book. Mm. You know? So it, it, every movie has an impact on sales. It really does. Even movies that are considered not successful, I mean, I don't know what critics and people think when a movie still makes half a million dollars. I mean, it's still successful in my eyes. So <laughs> I'll take the money. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, I think, let's say, I think there's one movie, uh, one of those super movies made just $280 million. I mean, only $280 million? I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, a lot, that's a lot of money. So no matter what the movie or the success of the movie is, people want to come to the local comic shop, pick up their fan T-shirt, fan novelty item. They want to start reading on a certain character. You know, uh, uh, Harley Quinn. Mm. Yeah. Squad came out. And now everybody loves this psycho Joker. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's like, you can't keep her comic on the shelf. People are just buying her comics all the time. Now, you know, let me um, ask you, um, do you find a similar effect or a comparative effect with the, the comic book TV shows? Um, so with the TV shows, I think the TV shows have more of a, uh, create the fan base you know but right now there's something going on with the dc tv they're they're doing a so now customers are calling to want to order the the novel see what it's really about see mm-hmm. what it's so but that doesn't happen a lot but when those crossover events happen some customers tend to want to get the trade paperback right right Collectors want to see if we, if we have the original first printings of it. And wow. Oh, Marv will be happy to hear that. Marv will yeah. in the writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I'm, I'm curious. You, you created this environment, and we, we talked a little bit about how it stimulates reading and all of that. Do you find, I mean, you're talking Marvel, DC, the big dogs, and you mentioned Boom and a couple of the other mid-range, you know, successful independent publishers. But then we also talked about indies, as in, you know, uh, single individuals putting out their comics in whatever way they're able to. Do you find that when people come to your store or when they're checking the list and everything and they come across a name, do you find that people are curious about these smaller independently published books? That's a two-part question, so that's the first part. Well, to be frank... Or Jerry or Bob. Yeah, selling indies is more of a salesman's ship situation mm. um we like to i, I like I, me or the other person that works for me i will read the books ourselves first and we'll see what the book is about and then we have to recommend it to certain customers you can't recommend it to everybody because we just know our customers already we know our customer base mm-hmm. uh, you know what they pick what they don't pick you know i got guys that will never buy a batman comic if they hate batman go figure there's guys that hate superman Go figure. There's guys that hate Spider-Man. So, so you have to know your reader, your customer, and the indie books. It's more of a of a of a of a, of a sale. So, if I have a, a new indie publisher, I'll I'll push it down to my customer. Hey, listen, guys, new publisher. This book is about this, this, and that. It has some cool artwork, and either has some solid, solid writing or great writing. You know. Because let's be honest, unfortunately, not every indie book is, is good. You know, not every book is great. I know the hard work put into it, but sometimes it just it's just not a good book. Or what's even more frustrating that I see mistakes that indie 
guys do is that they'll release uh, one issue and then I gotta, we got to wait six months for issue number two, number three. And I tell guys, listen, guys, you got to at least have the first three to three issues, four issues ready. Yeah, I agree. So it's, 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 um, it's an investment, but if your book is good, they don't want to wait six months to buy the book again. Mm-hmm. And I've had people make that mistake. And then people, then the customers that had interest lose interest. Mm. Now, when I, now when I got that book six months later, hey, I got that number two. Number two of what? Yep. Yeah. So in these is, they, I, I, again, my customers are very supportive. <laughs> Excuse me. No, my, okay. customers, my, my customers are very supportive. But it takes a little salesmanship to get them to purchase the indie books. But we display them nice. I'll put like pick of the week. You know, I'll, I'll post on, 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 on uh, social media. And this customer just walk in. Hey, I saw that cover of that book. I read about the, the guy's bio on Facebook. You have that, you have that comic for sale? Sure. Here you go. So it'll yeah, happen. Yeah. It'll happen. But um, for me to sell 20 books... I have to, me and my, my staff have to be salesmen in order to sell 20 indie books because okay. unfortunately they don't have the power, the money that where they advertise their book, you know, and then, you know, Marvel, I mean, right now, look, you today, right now, you walk down the street, all you've seen is Disney plus advertisements everywhere. Sure. Right. <laughs> yeah. The money, you know, advertising is everything. Social media, you gotta have a social media presence today. So it's, I think it's a great time to self publish. Don't get me wrong. I think it's a great time to self-publish because there is a big, uh, 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 what can I say, a uh, support for the for the for the indie person, indie writer, indie artist, uh, indie maker. That we're in a DIY era, do-it-yourself era. That everyone's very supportive of it. Believe it or not, people are very into supporting self-creation. You know. So it's why I've actually tried to make a little section of self-publishers um, in my in part as part of my business because it's growing. It's growing more and more and more with the with especially with the 18 to 30 year old range. Really? Those are very very supportive of indie stuff. Can you give us an example of a? Uh... Sorry, Chris. I'm sorry. Can you give us an example of a uh, success story that you and your salesman, your employees, uh, were able to pitch independent comic that when people came back and said, hey, I want more of that? You know, unfortunately, I don't have a success story because a few of the comics that were successful, the people involved didn't have the next issues available. Oh, damn. So it was That's so, rough. It was so frustrating on my, um, uh, uh, telling my customers. And then then it's like the store kind of also looks bad, right? Because, oh, you, you're not carrying the next issue? I was like, no, I, I would love to carry the next issue. The next issue is not done yet, you know? Right. Then, uh, uh, when is it? Well, usually maybe about a month. I call the guys. Hey, when you releasing it? Oh, in, uh, uh, in three weeks. Hey, you got it? Uh, two more weeks. And literally three months passed by. So we've had some uh, 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 comic, uh, uh, Jennifer She-Wolf, um, um, he, he waited a long time to, to get me the, the next issue. Um, Adventures of an Admin, a new young publisher. He had one and two. It's taken him a couple months to bring on number three. Yeah, you know? we interviewed that guy. He's, uh... he's good. He's good. Yeah, he's yeah. 
Um, but you know, the it, the issue with the momentum is, is lost. The momentum is lost, is what you're saying. So is there a success story? I can't tell you that there is one because there hasn't been, but there's been potential. The lesson there is hit your deadlines. Yeah, financial, financial obligations, you know, whatever you want. I always tell people, when you want to do your own business, whatever it is you do, you really got to go balls to the wall. You can't half-ass it. Yeah. You got yeah. to dive right in. And you got to yeah. have a business plan. You got to have yeah. plans for, you know, and six months, example, a year, not two weeks. Yeah. And the example, you got to have at least three issues ready. That's in my yeah. I agree with you. I think also it's about, it's a mindset that, you know, I've, I've talked about this a lot, uh, both here in the New York area, but I also, I travel a lot and I've gone overseas and it always comes up. I mean, it's not, it's not just us here. It is everywhere. You have a lot of indie publishers are, and I love them, you know, they're fans. They grew up enjoying the medium and they can't wait to do their own thing. And, and, and we're even talking about the good stories, good books, the good illustrations. They, they get that first book done and, and then we can't wait to get the book out there. So we get yeah. the book out there and we want to see, we want to have that that feeling of accomplishment. We want the fans, you know, we, we want to be at our own table selling this thing at an event. They want all that. Yeah. But as Chris was just saying, and as you have said, it's a business. And, it's a and it's got to have that plan. You've got yeah. to have the, the plan, but then you've also got to have the, the time and the cash money to pull it off. And yes. sometimes what happens is, because I've made the mistake myself, you, you've got, no. got a plan, You've got some money, you get that issue out there, and then life happens. And you have you don't have backup money. You don't have yes. a backup plan. Yes. And so suddenly, yeah, time is passing. Or with some writers who are dealing with an illustrator, so they're not a one-man or one-woman operation yes. and they can do it all. Yes. I, I think those are issues also that, that the artist becomes the illustrator becomes involved in something, or there's not enough money, and that person has to cover their bills, so they gotta put your thing to the side. And either way, you lose time, and then it, it, it does. It affects you in terms of, what you yeah. said, it makes the store look bad, but also it makes the property and subsequently the creators look bad because you yeah. can't get out on time. And it's, there's, it's a hard... There's two individuals right now for the last three years, and I've, I've read and I've seen some of the artwork. They, they have about five, six issues. These two different individuals, two different comic books. I've been waiting for them to put it to print because... The art looks amazing, and the story is pretty awesome. Like, put this to print already, and both of them both tell me their the reasons, finance. I mean, I've even I've thought both comics were so good. I've said to them, "I'll finance the printing. Let's do this. Let's put it on the shelf. I'll do it." That's how much I believe this book can do well. I think in today's time, you know, mm -hmm. some guys are just too proud. They want to do it themselves. It's like I, I understand that. But here you got all this work done, and because you're you just want to do it, you 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 you, you kind of you know sometimes you need a little help, sometimes you need investors, sometimes you need that. And I've learned that. I was an I was a person that I was anti asking anybody for help, and I've learned in the years that, in, especially in business, you gotta get a little help. You have to. Mm -hmm. You have to. 
you can team up with someone. You can yeah, yeah. you can learn from others too. I I happen to feel another thing that artists run into is maybe you are brilliant at writing. Maybe you're uh, just phenomenal at illustrations and all that. But if your business skills are lacking, don't sabotage the project. Yes. Find somebody who's as good at that as you yeah. are at what you do. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, so you, you you actually you're you're you've got a, a very well developed um, sense of the industry in terms of not only from from a retail standpoint, but as you said, you've looked at it from the educational standpoint. You've yeah. looked at it from artists and 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 writers and teamwork and all of that. Do you have um, so do you have a desire to do your own property uh, or are you happy where you are? I, uh, I'm into sci-fi and I've been writing a story for about a decade now. Let me tell you, right? So I'm BSing myself. But I hope in the next couple of years to really dedicate some time to get something out. It's a sci-fi fantasy thing. And uh, yeah, I myself love to write as a kid. I guess my uncle who first put me onto Green Lantern of the first series one. I look at. One. I mean, how? Huh? John Stewart? Guy Gardner. Gardner, okay. Yeah. And, and Guy Gardner, Alan Scott, those are the first, because my uncle, uh, he passed away. He was uh, uh, 67, so he had a lot of the old, old comics. Yeah. So, Lancer was my first exposure to comic books. And I guess since then, I just loved the whole alien, outer space, you know, mytho, the possibility of other things out there. I love it, you know? I spent my Friday nights watching Ancient Aliens and, 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 and loving this thing, you know? <laughs> uh, but uh, yes, I can't draw for nothing, but I've met so many great individuals that are artists that when I'm ready, I know I'm gonna put something together nicely. And um, I'm thinking, uh, Maybe do a six-part issue as an intro, then the graphic novels to continue. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Now, in the meantime, uh, you know, this show is about and for creatives. And I think I can make a pretty strong argument that running a business like you're doing is you got to be creative. So yeah. Yeah. what do you got to do in store? What kind of creativity do you have to bring to a, a, an adventure like that? It's funny because there's customers that come every week to my store. They say, George, you change the store again? You change the store again? And it's because, you know what? As a small business, right? You don't got the money that big box stores have. You don't have the money that bigger comic shops have, you know? Um, I don't, I, I'm not in the same ballpark as Midtown Comics, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I'm a small little shop. So you have to make your displays kind of pop every week. You got to make your, you got know, to just change stuff up, you know? And it could be as simple as something that's been sitting there, but behind something else, just rearrange it. Mm -hmm. You always have to make the store look wow to the customer that walks in. You got to, right. and when I walk to a comic shop, when I go out of state and I visit comic shops, I love visiting comic shops. I specifically, whatever vacation I'm on, I look up comic shops because I want to see what they're doing. You know, I want to see what, oh man, this is cool. Wow, look at that display. You know, I take string and I'll hang characters and action poses from my ceilings, you know, and then I'll change it up, you know? So 
is the old, the old. You're not only representing yourself. Yeah, you're not only representing yourself. You're representing the merchandise and the people who have put their books in your hands to sell. Yeah. So yeah. It's got to put your 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 good game, your A game on for sure. You have to, you have to yes, yes, definitely have to. But see, now that's that's a mindset I, again. That's a business head because you're you're looking at marketing, you're looking at 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 presentation, and you know there's a lot of people, and I you know again, no harm, no foul, but there's a lot of people again, just like the creators. There are a lot of people who open comic book stores because they love comics, but they don't have a sense <laughs> of marketing. Or, or anything along those lines. So it's like you're in there. You, know, you big, walk into the room, believer. there's stuff all over the place. I'm a big believer that whatever business, and I have these conversations in my store all the time with, with customers that want to open up a comic shop. Oh, I want to open up a comic shop. I'm like, listen, go for it. Um, but let me tell you something. Don't open a comic shop because you just love reading comics. Open a comic shop because you love the business. My first business was video games. <clears throat> I thought I loved video games. And what I realized, I just loved playing them. I just mm -hmm. loved playing them. I did not care what goes into it. I don't care about conventions of video games. If this thing comes out and you got I just want to play it, eat, play it, and that's it. With comics, I was intrigued with the writing, with the artistry everything about it, you know, how it's made, the printing. I mean, I, I got into the learning how these things are printed, what kind of papers, like, and I tell people with business, any business, whether it's a pizza shop, a comic shop, a barber shop, love it. Love mm. it. If you don't love it, it's not going to work. I know barbershops make money. I don't want to cut nobody's hair, though. <laughs> I don't want people's hair on my hands, you know? Um, <laughs> You know, I know pizza shops make money, but and I make pretty good pizza, but I don't love cooking, making pizza, you know? So I tell people all the time, love what you do, because people think that being in a comic shop and owning a comic shop is the greatest thing in the world, and that you make money, though. There's a misconception, right? You can have a successful comic shop, but they have to keep in mind that you're selling a $2.99, $3.99, $4.99 book. Your overhead is in thousands. You have to sell a lot of comics and a lot of other things to make this a, 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 a business, a profitable business. Mm -hmm. and there are days where you could be in your shop on a Monday and you sold three comics. Mm. Maybe, maybe, maybe five bagging boards, you know, and you're like, you want to pull your freaking hair out because that's all you sold. But then come Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you know, your subscribers come in and you're, you're rocking and rolling, you know. Um, and you have to see what you do because slow days are going to happen in any business. But the reason you have to love your business is that you don't get discouraged on those days when you just made 50 bucks. Because there yeah. will be, especially especially in the beginning, in the beginning, you're going to have days where the whole week all you made was 500 bucks. You know, then there's days that in one day, in two hours, you made 500 bucks. It, it's all how you work your business, how you advertise your business. And you just have to love it. You have to know that today, crap, I only sold five banging boards and two comics. I made $13. Tomorrow, I got to display something else and put something in the window. And, and, and that's the passion you got to have for it, you know.
and the commitment. Because a lot of people don't like doing the commitment either. I've seen so many people open up comic shops and other businesses and and, and don't commit, you know. Uh, 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 one business is sort of off topic that comes to mind. In the corner of my store, there was a restaurant. A restaurant. Lunch. I mean, I think we're going to agree. Lunchtime usually starts at 11 a.m. People start going mm-hmm. to lunch at This restaurant wouldn't open till 11.30. And then the guy would complain how his business is slow. I'm like, God, you're in the food industry. You got to be in the restaurant at 6 a.m. cooking, getting ready for the 11 o'clock lunch break. Yeah. You know, so so in the, in the comic perspective, there was guys that they want to open up a comic shop but they didn't want to commit to the time involved, you know? Sometimes in a comic shop, let me tell you, you can't close at 6 o'clock. So you got to stay till midnight. Mm-hmm. Because that's when the comic readers come out. The <laughs> <laughs> night of the living dead. You know? Yeah, living dead, you know? So, so, so you, 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 people don't realize that sometimes you got to stay till till 9, 10 p.m. You can't leave at 6, 7 p.m. Like, like a banker, you know? Banks don't close at 5 p.m. anymore, you know? Business has evolved to the point where it almost needs to be 24 hours. And if you don't have a website, you're done. Now, you just went right where I wanted to go next, right where I wanted to go next, because I know that you do some online business. And I know when I was growing up, back in the pioneer days, you know, when I was growing up, you, you had to go into a store to get your thing, or maybe you cut something out of a book, you know, your, your own comic, and mail that away in order to have something mailed to you. But now yes. you've got you've got online. How's that been for you? Uh, online is bittersweet. Online is a love-hate relationship. The internet is kind of the root of many evils. <laughs> and as good as it can be. I think it also hurts the small mom and pop shop. You know, um, again, it's uh, not just the big box retailers, but then it's even, let's say, a little store that may have more money than the other store. He may not want to advertise on his website that he could sell that $4.99 comic, he could sell it for $3.99. You know, then you got the other guy online selling that $3.99 comic for $2.99. For how much? Okay. So at the end of the day, look, um, and and not to get into what comics cost or whatever, but the cost of comics is based on how much you purchase yearly, right? There's there's tiers. You start off at 35% off cover, 40%, 42%, you work your way up. The most you can get, I believe, is about 67.5% off cover price, but you have to purchase a lot of books to get them for 67 and a half percent off, you know? Now the problem with that is that's the, the guy, the guy across town is selling that 499 book for $2. Maybe he's getting it at that 70% off. And mm-hmm. how much profit are you actually make it now to make that 25 cents profit, you got to sell a thousand of those books to make it worth your while. And, and, that is a business model, you know, sell low and your profit is low, but you sell volume. I get that. But in this business, it's it's hard. It's hard to sell volume in this business. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the internet, 
again, as great as it is, it's it's also uh, 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 an Achilles heel to the business, you know? But if you don't have an online presence, you're not going to survive. You're not going to survive. Um, I have an online presence. I've done things to be recognized world, worldwide. You know, I have customers uh, Sweden, <coughs> Australia, because I did, uh, I did some partnerships with uh, New Era. I did some partnerships with uh, Thundercats, and it kind of blew me up a little bit, you know? Um, you, have, you have customers in Australia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I just want to make sure I heard you right. Yeah, yeah, everywhere. I mean, I've sold uh, as far as the United Emerald Amets. I've sold out there. It's crazy. Um, wow. There. So, so, and that's the good thing about the internet. You have the world as your customers. Then it's about finding your niche in there to make customers come find you, you know? So it, it's, it's not easy. But once they find you, hey, there's 8 billion customers in the world. You just need half a percent of them coming constantly to your store. You'll be all right. Gotcha. Wow. Wow. Yeah. But it's, it's not easy. It's, it's hard work. It's hard what, work. What do you, Chris, do you have something you want to ask? No, go for it. Yeah. What do you see for the future? The future, you know what? It's scary because of the big push for streaming and digital comics. Ah. I, I think that uh, the, the last era of comic collectors, you know, we're it, like that 40, that 37, 40-year-old is the last of the true comic collectors. And even guys our age are liking the digital comics. I mean, come on. I could put the entire... Batman Hulk Superman series in my tablet and watch it here in vibrant, beautiful colors. Mm. But there's nothing like a comic book holding a comic in your hand. Nothing mm. like it, you know? I make my kids read my comics. I don't make them watch it on, read on a tablet or anything. So the future is a big push for streaming. There's a big push for digital comics. It's scary. It's scary because uh, you know, what's going to happen here? Is it once digital comics is really, really accepted, the comic shop is really going to have a problem because I don't know what they're going to do in terms of content for comics. Sure, there'll be toys, there'll be T-shirts, mugs, novelty items, the works. But now the comic book, it's a big part of my business. Yeah. And any business, you know, comic books is a big part of their business. So the future is scary. I think that as long as we still have the giants like uh, Newberry Comics, Midtown Comics, those guys are still going to fight to keep printing for as long as they can. But I definitely see it becoming an issue maybe in another 20 years. In 20 years. In years when the when the ten year old, fifteen year old today is thirty, the thirty the fifteen year old thirty year old today is all about convenience. Yeah, you know they don't want to they don't want to carry 
a long box of 300 comics down the hallway to the basement. <laughs> that doesn't seem to make sense to them. Yeah. We, we know that, right? We know that feeling of carrying boxes of comics. Yeah. I could carry 10,000 comics here. Yeah. So, so what it, do you do to what do you do to combat that now? How do you encourage, you know, re, 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 uh, right. renew the uh, readership? Well, to combat that now, I try and get artist signings. Mm-hmm. I try and get Grammy uh, cover exclusives to my store, or partnered with other stores. Um, and again, my shop, I guess, is more like a like a Cheers. You know, like, everybody knows your name. Everybody comes and hangs out. And, and there's days where there's guys that picked up their books on Wednesday and they'll come Friday, Friday night after work. To and talk about the books. Shop till 10, 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. And I don't care. They, they made their purchase already. We're just talking about comics, movies, life, politics. Sometimes people come in and we're having a conversation. People are like, you guys talking about this in a comic shop? Yeah, we're talking about yeah. Yeah. That's you know, the uh, so that's building the community, right? The environment. You got to build a community for your store, and that's how we're combating the digital era. You know, right. because you really can't fight it. Because if people want to buy the digital, there's nothing I can do about it. Right. But if you provide an environment where we can engage, we can talk, have fun, and I think that's what that's can't what beat that. my shop. People coming back and staying loyal to my shop. Cool. You know, it's funny because you, you you're talking about you're talking. No, I was saying you're talking about that, and I know that that was one of the impacts that computers had on artists and conventions for a period of time. I think it's sort of shifting. It's it's swinging back and forth now, but for a period of time, a lot of artists started working digitally. So. Suddenly, I'm missing the boards because a lot. I mean, Chris, I'm sure you did it too. I'm a little older than Chris. Uh, you go to cons when you were younger, and you see the artist sitting there with a table full of illustrations of the the, the comic boards, the actual yeah. artwork that you could hold in your hand, and people would come. I even I even remember when I was like 18 and 19, there'd be like 13 year old kids there with 200 dollars buying some of the original art to take back home. So this was, you know, as the digital thing started to happen, well, what are we doing? Well, we're scanning and shooting stuff around via the Internet. You know, I'm I'm sure FedEx wasn't that thrilled about it. But the bottom line was the art itself was disappearing. Now I'm I'm seeing a few more people at the con, more people showing up with board art. You know, it's not just a digital thing. So I'm thinking maybe there needed to be a swinging back and forth. And maybe there'll be some sort of middle ground. Yeah, they'll still send their stuff in digitally. It's going to take, uh, I think in about 20 years, we're going to see a big shift. We're still in that in that um, zone where it's shifting back and forth. Back mm. and forth. But uh, a known artist uh, goes on Instagram. I don't know if he goes Thursday nights, Fridays, whatever he does. But he goes with his digital board. He draws it on the spot. And then he selects his color palette, and it looks just like a professional printed comic page. Wow. You know? So it's like, it's, the technology is so good, it's scary now. It's mm-hmm. scary. You know? You guys well, edit and do everything with just a click, a, a swipe, a, a tap. No more with the eraser. Uh-huh. Well, it's <laughs> true. Right out. But 
you know, the name of this podcast is Tell the Damn Story, right? And while the, you know, the artists can get digital and put it up right there, the writers still have to tell that damn story and they still have to work. Um, why don't we talk about a couple of uh, uh, writers that you have picked up on that you said, man, people should come into the lair and pick up this guy's work. Like, I like uh, Jason Aaron. What he has done with Thor has been yes. fascinating, right? Got me yes. to read Thor for the first time. So how about some people, that, some writers that told the damn story you think is worth people coming I mean, to see the, uh, the lair? I mean, what Capullo has done with DC has been great. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you. Even what he's a uh, 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 guy that Capullo, um, Snyder. Mm. Snyder, Batman. I mean, you know. He kind of like just reinvented the character again. Um, there's so many good writers out there today now that, unfortunately, I'm going to say this, and it's based on sales, but the DC writers today, the DC comics, and it's based on their writing, are putting out much better content than uh, their counterpart, Marvel. Oh, put a challenge out there. Yeah. <laughs> Even well, other you know, Tom King, he did he did the vision with uh, uh, Marvel, but then he's done much more work over in DC. Yeah, and he's DC. got some his stuff with Mister Miracle has been fascinating work. There's a joke in my store. <laughs> uh -oh. I don't know. Sometimes you read a Marvel book, and it seems like the writers and the artists they're walking down the hallway, and when they see each other, they just go and keep going. In DC. The writers and artists, they're 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 going to after hours together. They're going to family functions together. <laughs> That's <laughs> so cool. That's interesting. Just feel when you read the DC stuff, how more connected it is. You know, wow. guys like Capullo, guys like Snyder. You know, and, and then and, and and like you said, Aaron. Aaron is amazing. His writing, his, his stuff is great. They what he's done with Thor. Um, now, uh, who's on the new X-Men? I forgot what the new X-Men. New X-Men is pretty good. Really good, actually. Now, which title? Is it called New X-Men or is it's it called... called they just, they're like a number... Just X-Men. Just X-Men, yeah. Um, I forget, I forget who the, the, the writer is. But it's, it's pretty solid and people are, oh. are, are loving it right now. Um, but you're 100% right, like you said. No matter how digital you get, the writer still has to write the damn thing. But, go. but we are in an era that now you can just talk the words into your device. And <laughs> Whichever way it takes to tell the damn story, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, I, I, I see we're on the hour here. And, I mean, wow. Jordan yeah. has been really great. This is really, I mean, great. there's a lot of things that you shared that I wasn't even anticipating. So... Which is a which is a good thing. It's an absolutely good thing. Um, I, you know, just in closing, is there anything you want to say or share or point out? Uh, or, and don't forget to tell people how to get in touch with you too. You know, your website yeah, or whatever. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, in closing, like I said, I hope that we can last in this business for another fifty years. You know. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think we'll be okay. It, we, we, we are living in a time, I think we're in the golden age of TV shows with superheroes. Mm -hmm. I think uh, Hollywood, although 
the source, the content is not exactly like the comic books. The movies have been great for the for the for the industry. Um, and I hope we just can get more more of that for another 20, 30 years. Um, and as far as myself, again, I'm relocating. Um, I'm doing more online, but you can contact me on social media, the layer 1808 um, at gmail.com. My social media is the layer NYC. That's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, the layer NYC. And in the new year, we're gonna have a new a new space, and we're gonna be blasting out some good uh, sales and deals. And you can catch us at the first show at Kids Comic Con. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, do we have, do we have an address for the new place? Um, I do. I don't want to say just yet. All but right. it's not. Follow it's only on Instagram and his social media. It's only a few blocks away from uh, the old stores in the neighborhood. Cool. Cool. Same. Cool. By the way. Just quickly, because I just want to, you know, I don't like to leave people dangling. Was it Brian Singer? Is that the writer you were thinking of for X-Men? The new series? No, I don't think Singer. Oh, okay, okay. Just I was looking up some names, so that was it. That was uh, one of now, them. Now everybody who listened has homework. Go look up that writer. Go look up yeah, that writer. Send the name to us, please. Put yeah, it in the comments. I will. I will. When I get home today, I'll, 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 I'll check it. Oh. Again, George, uh, thank you so much for your time and, nice. and your... Jeez, really, it was it was Thank great, you. really great. Guys, you guys probably did. Usual. Say what now? <laughs> it's Chris. As usual, it's been it's been well, fun. Yeah, it has been fun. And remember, everybody, go check out the Lair NYC on social media and see how that guy tells the damn story. Nice. <laughs> you might be able to order some stuff from him for Christmas. Nice. You got time. You got time. Okay. <laughs> And he can even do it internationally, too. Okay. Take care, everybody. Adios.